Welcome to Northern Goal, the football podcast from Evening Express and Press and Journal. I'm Ryan Crail, and today I'm joined in the build-up to Aberdeen's European opener against Haken of Sweden by Sean Wallace, Andy Skinner, names you know, but also we've been joined by Linus Peterson from the Gothenburg Post, an expert on BK Haken who's going to help us decide who's the favourite going into this second qualifying round tie for the Europa Conference League on Thursday. So first of all, how are we everyone? Are we okay? Very well, thanks Ryan. Yeah, good. Yourself? Thank you. Yeah, very well. Thanks. Very well. Linus, first of all, tell us tell us a little bit of what of what you do for the Gothenburg Post and, you know, give us give us that background of expertise you have on BK Haken. I am I'm a football reporter, so I'm I'm covering Beko Hecken and, and uh, the other big club here in, in Gothenburg, IFK Gothenburg. Uh, that's kind of my main focus, uh, but also write other other sports stories, uh, mostly mostly football, like I said. Uh, so right now I'm sitting in a car uh, at Beko Hecken's training ground and watching them play ten against ten on kind of like the half pitch. <laughs> so that's mostly what I do. Okay, so so first of all, we can read into that that BK Haken are counting on both teams getting a man sent off on <laughs> yeah. Thursday. Yeah, they are. Um, so when Aberdeen, to, to fill you in, Linus, if you don't know already, Aberdeen have been in Europe, I think, the last seven seasons and they've played in the Europa League qualifiers. Obviously, the Europa Conference League is a new competition for this season, but they've always fallen short in mostly the third qualifying round, but also the second qualifying round under the previous manager. But usually that, that first tie, whether that's in the, the first qualifying round or the second qualifying round, the opponent has always been viewed, I think, as one that Aberdeen should be should be beating and getting past. Um, I think what last last year in the, um, in the second qualifying round of the Europa League, I think it was Viking of Norway, Viking Stavanger and Aberdeen were very much the favourites, I think, going in, certainly here, the favourites going into that tie. This tie... We're not so sure who the favourites are going in. Obviously, when it was first drawn, Haken were going through a bit of a slump. Um, and Aberdeen, despite the fact uh, they were just kind of starting their preseason when the draw was made, and we knew they wouldn't have played competitive games by then, we were maybe thinking that Aberdeen were potentially slight favourites, but now Haken have seemingly turned their form around quite considerably. Um, what's the what's the take in Sweden? Who 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 did BK Haken? fans think are the favourites going into this one? I think uh, it's a little bit open, I think, but I talked to the club director yesterday and and he sees it as a good chance to move on. So, And I was talking to one of the coaches as well when I just arrived here at the training camp and he said, I think we should go through this. I mean, if we don't beat the the fourth best team in Scotland, uh, it's something wrong. Oh, he didn't say exactly like that, (laughs) but, but I think they see themselves as this is a good opportunity for them. Uh, but I also think they're kind of unsure about Aberdeen. Um, if I'm correctly informed, you have played like two two games now behind closed doors, and yeah. uh, I think I don't think Aberdeen was so they weren't very happy about sharing those games in video formats. Uh, so I think I can have some trouble scouting them, um, and I think they are a little bit unsure what to expect. Uh, but I think the general view is that Hecken is the favorite, and they have a good opportunity to move on. Okay, interesting, interesting. Sean, I suppose the thing that that we we've been talking about all through this since the draw was made was 
how good Harkin's squad, I think, despite despite the fact that we're down the bottom of the Allsvenskan at one point, the fact that their squad is packed through, packed full of internationals, I suppose, Linus, how how good is that Harkin squad? Because on paper, it looks it looks pretty pretty good. And who are the danger men? Would you say for Aberdeen? Oh, the squad is good. It's it's good. It's really good. I was one of uh, before the season. I was one of the the journalists that that uh, thought they were going to win the league. Uh, so maybe that says something. Uh, then they kind of collapsed uh, completely uh, and were in the bottom table. But I mean, the squad is the same. Uh, and it's got even better uh, with uh, Samuel Gustafsson. I don't know if you know him. Uh, played in, in Italy for a lot of years, uh, coming in the summer. So the squad is really good. I think it's one of the best in the league. It's full of a lot of young talents uh, and a lot of offensive play with a lot, a lot of speed. Um, the biggest threat, I think, uh, we have a striker. They have a striker named Alexander Jeremeyev. Uh, who is I thought will would win the, the the score the most goal in this league. Uh, he had some troubles, uh, but but he's a really really good striker. And then, like I said, they have a lot of offensive players with speed and talent. Um, guys like Patrick Wallemark uh, is one of the biggest talents, uh, playing on one of the wings, uh, and also an, a guy named Ali Youssef. Uh, both of them have scored uh, I think two goals each uh, in these uh, last games. So those three is the main focus, I think. Linus has just uh, cemented my belief that this is an absolute nightmare draw for Aberdeen. <laughs> when, the, when the draw was first made, you look at it on paper and you see that they were bottom of the table. But then on further investigation, you look at their squad packed with internationals and four, four wins in a row as well. It's looking increasingly difficult for Aberdeen mm-hmm. with, with two pre-season bounce friendlies closed door they're gonna have to really be at the top of their game immediately to get through this i fear yeah yeah i understand your your fear and and i haven't even mentioned we have martin olson the left back who was uh, should have been in the, in the swedish uh, euro squad if he hadn't got injured we have juna toivio the center back who, who played euros with finland uh we have uh, dalehu irandus just coming back he was on on his way to toulouse this winter for a transfer in about two million euro. Uh, so there are a lot, a lot of good players in this squad. And and like you said, uh, it was easy, maybe easy to look at the table, see that they are were in the bottom, and maybe okay, this would be easy. But this squad is so good, and they should be in the top of the table. I think. Well, sorry, Linus. I was just going to ask, how key a signing is uh, Samuel Gustafsson? Oh, he, he was just walking off this practice now. Uh, he was still training with the team, so I'm, I'm a little bit unsure about his status before the, the game on Thursday. But, I mean, it, it's a good signing. Of course it is. He, he has played here before, and he, he, he plays on a high level. And they have, um, I, know if you, I don't know if you know him, but they have a, a midfielder called Erik Friberg. He's played also in Italy for a lot of years and, and also in the MLS. I think he has been the most important player for this team over a couple of years now. He's, he's kind of the heart and the most important player in the, in the build-up game. And when he has been out with some injuries, he, he's starting to get getting old now. They haven't had a player similar to him. But now Samuel is coming in, has a little bit the same playing style. So I think in the long term, that's a very important signing and kind of a replacement for the player that I think have been the most important one seeing in the big picture. Linus, just following on from what you're saying there about some of the, the threats that BK Hacking pose, I mean, this is obviously a, a new 
competition in, in Europe and the Europa Conference League it presents the opportunity for group stage football, um, you know, later in the tournament. I mean, just, just what is BK Hacken's kind of realistic target from this competition? How how far do you believe that, uh, you know, the club can go in, in Europe this season? I was just talking to, to the club director yesterday and, and asking the same question. And he, he said that we're just taking taking one round at a time. And the, 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 last, uh, the last times they have been in the Euro, they have been facing Red Bull Leipzig and Arsene Alkmaar. And even if they want to go through, it's nearly impossible. So I think I think they see a group stage coming up. I think they think they have the opportunity to go that far. But it's all about the draw, really. Uh, it's all about the team you're facing uh, and making it realistic or not. Uh, we heard yesterday, right, that it's Austria-Wien, probably, uh, in yes. the next round. So... That's a team they could have been facing in the Europa League, I think. So it's a tough one. Uh, but it's not Rebel Leipzig, it's not Aseta Alkmaar. So mm, I think they they see possibilities. As Linus said there, whoever comes through this tie over the next two Thursdays in the third qualifying round, they'll play Austria Wien, um, a team that probably needs no introduction. I think they've won the, the Austrian title more than 20 times, as well as a relatively new team to European football. Um, Icelandic side Breda Blick, so we'll, we'll have to wait and see how how that tie goes. Linus, how much do you know about the the players that are maybe in this, perhaps an odd question, but the players that are in the Aberdeen squad? Are there any names there? Because when we look at when we've looked at the Hacking squad, we obviously go on Wikipedia and we click on the names and we go on the the other sites that we have to sort of you know to, to, to try and assess the team from afar, but. Have you been doing that with Aberdeen and what sort of players would stand yeah. out to you? Yeah, is Sir Alex is still coaching, right? <laughs> no? No? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> no, it's joking. No, Scott, that's the first thing you do, right? I click on the Wikipedia site and go in. And uh, Scott Brown was the first name that I, that caught my eyes. Uh, I didn't even know he still was playing. He's like 40, 50 right now. Uh, <laughs> and then I saw you transferred like an American, uh, American international, right? Christian Ramirez? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was kind of the first name that I was 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 uh, catching my eyes. Interesting. So they are two players that I think none of us have actually seen play for Aberdeen yet. But Scott Brown was obviously former success, wildly successful Celtic captain, mm-hmm. former Scotland captain, and he has now been awarded just this week the the team captain position for Aberdeen. So that's an interesting one, I suppose. I suppose finally, Linus, you touched on Sir Alex there. Are presumably. Is Gothenburg, is it still aware of the history and the connection that Aberdeen as a club has to the city of Gothenburg? Yeah, I think, but not that, not as big as I, I think it is in Aberdeen, because I was talking to another <laughs> journalist yesterday, and he was just, oh, the Aberdeen fans is so sorry about not being able to go to Gothenburg. And, and they used to travel there just to see Ullevi and, <laughs> and remember the, the good times. So I didn't know that, that Aberdeen, that Gothenburg meant so much for the Aberdeen fans. Uh, and I don't think the <laughs> the general Gothenburg uh, inhabitants know that either. But it was it was nice to know that that memories still still are there, so to say. Okay. Yes. A good um, a good aside to this European tie. Anyway, Linus, thank you very much for joining us this morning. That was very instructive. I think you've got uh, Sean quaking in his boots. Um, ahead yeah, of the so, tie for the next two Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just before you just before you go, I was just going to ask you quickly. You have to forgive my pronunciation, but Delaho Irandust. 
is he in contention to start in the Euro tie? Because I saw the clip of his goal and he looked sensational. I know he just came on after a long-term injury. Yeah, he's sensational. I mean, that's a, that's a really good player. But like like I said about Samuel Gustafsson, I also saw, saw him walk off uh, a couple of minutes ago. So I would say it's 0% that he will start on, uh, on Thursday. Uh, but they have a, a really good, like we talked about earlier, a really good squad. And the substitutes they had in the last game, that was just terrifying. I mean, someone wrote, wrote on Twitter, is this the be- best bench ever in the history of Allsvenskan? And maybe it wasn't that good, but <laughs> they got so many options right now. And we saw Dalihui and Riz coming on uh, the last game, scoring that goal. So I think we also have to to focus on the, the finishing 11 uh, as much as the starting 11 in this game. It's uh, comforting to know that the bench is just as strong as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a big Hacker fan wrote it, but, but it said something. It says something. <laughs> okay, well, Linus, again, thank you. We'll, we'll let you go now, but I am much appreciated for joining us in Northern Goal. And, uh, well, good luck. Sure, you share the same sentiments, but good luck to BK Harkin on Thursday. And may the best team um, come through this tie. Sounds good. Nice talking to you. Have you a Don supporting Loon or Quine? You're probably pictured in the Red Army book. Do you know any Aberdeen supporters? They're probably in the book too. You, your friends, your family, your tribe are in this book. This is a football book with a difference. is isn't really about the players, the games, the on-field achievements. It's about you, the supporter. It tells the story of the supporter's journey. It shows them in the glory years, the lean years, in song, in anger and in pubs. It shows the Red Army on the march, laughing and celebrating, home and away, young and old, for better or worse. Have a look through the book. Every few pages you exclaim, I ken that lad. I was there. I remember that. Or, furry boots is yon. There has never been an Aberdeen book like this. There never will be again. As a Northern Goal listener, you can get an exclusive 20% discount on Red Army at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code ARMY20 at checkout. That's A-R-M-Y-2-0 at the checkout of dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Okay, in this second part of this week's episode of Northern Goal, we must discuss the situation at Ross County. We've they've had a tough couple of weeks. First of all, they had to forfeit their Premier Sports Cup clash against Forfar due to a COVID outbreak in the club. At the club, and the after effects were um, felt so keenly that they then had to forfeit, despite initially not looking like they would. Um, their clash against newly promoted Premiership side Dundee in the same competition. So that's Ross County's um, hopes of progressing in the League Cup this season effectively over. And I think more concerningly, Malky Mackay has not yet had a competitive game as Ross County manager, although that will hopefully change um, tomorrow night when they visit um, local local um, Highland League rivals, Brora Rangers. Um, Andy, tough one. Tough one for county, but it just kind of shows you like once once the virus gets into a club, 
um, how how devastating it can be and how how it can rip through pretty much everyone um, in the vicinity. Yeah, it's a situation that we've we've kind of feared may happen at you know any club, um, and up to this point, it hasn't really taken hold in a, a way like this. Um, you know, we, throughout the last twelve months, we've seen situations where you know a few players have had to self-isolate and have missed games and training sessions as a result of that but um i'm struggling to remember a, a you know a situation where the whole squad has kind of had to to shut down and um you know it's even beyond the the self-isolation period that, that has taken hold because you know as malky mckay said you know the players returned late last week for training and they were just unable to to get through even half a, a session um, before they they had to to close things down again, and uh, you know just the the toll that the um, the virus has obviously taken on the players physically, um, you know, is something that you know does sometimes take time to to recover from. I think the Malky Mackay pointed out yesterday that the, sometimes the government directive for recovering from COVID can be up to three weeks, but you, you know football players despite them being professional athletes you know there's they're no different to that at times and it affects people in different ways this is a maybe a timely reminder that the you know the actual health uh impacts of it can can really you know play havoc on on you know the fitness of of players and it's something that you know we've got to be mindful of um as we kind of approach the the beginning of the the premiership season Sorry, I was going to say, just on the beginning of the Premiership season, obviously Malky Mackay's still got a bit of squad rebuilding to do, and he talked about this at his press conference yesterday. We're, we're here about 11 days, I think, before Ross County start their, their league campaign, and he, he still feels like he needs to make five signings, but it's been impossible to do so because of the situation at the club. You know, if you're, if you're positive for COVID, which presumably Malky himself was, then... You know, you can't be going out and meeting players, and you can't be showing, you can't be giving, like selling the club to players. It's it's pretty difficult. I mean, you can try your best, but you know, it's just it all seems to be piling up a little bit ahead of the ahead of the season starting. I feel like I, I would hope Ross County can get their preparations done in time and to a sufficient level. But if I was a Staggs fan, I I'd be worried going into the new campaign, especially when they've they've over the summer they've made moves to try and make it so. Ross County can move away from being a sort of relegation um, fighting club every season. You know, it just it feels like the universe has conspired against them a little bit. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, uh, it was just what Andy touched on there, and I think he's got a, a really strong point that it's often overlooked in, with regards to footballers when someone tests positive for COVID. Is this this assumption that they're going to return to football immediately as soon as their isolation period's over and it'll be at tip-top condition, ready to compete at a high level. But, I mean, this is a, a nasty disease, that, well, virus that takes its toll on people. I mean, I, I know people in their 20s that have been really floored by this and it's taken them a while to recover. And I think that's often overlooked when it comes to footballers. I was just going to say on... Um... On on Ryan's point about uh, about the preparation for the the season, I mean, it, I think that will be the the biggest frustration for Malky, really, because you know it's it's clearly a team that's in transition. Um, they're looking to produce a you know a freshened up squad. They you know they they released the bulk of 
you know the the experienced core that they had at the end of last season. It's probably fair to say, you know, the the core of the side for the last few seasons, and um, you know there was a, a desire there to to bring about a, a freshness. And you know, four players have come in, but yet yeah, to have only played one bounce game against Elgin so far um, is far from ideal at this stage. And um, you know, the, the fact that Malky's indicating that there could still be five players to come in. Uh, it doesn't give them a, a lot of time. Um, you know, they've got a friendly against Brora. Uh, sorry, a, a cup match against Brora tomorrow and uh, uh, and they finish off the, the group campaign against uh, Montrose on, on Saturday. And obviously, you know, qualification through the... Um, into the knockout stage is beyond them now. But I think the bigger frustration re- really will be the, you know, the, the fact that as a team in transition, they were kind of banking on this... League Cup section as as a key part of their build up to the league season, for them to have missed out on two games over and above that is uh, you know something that's just going to delay them even more. And you know you look at the the start to the season that they've got you know at home to the d- double cup winners from last season in St Johnston before they they play the the top four from last season in in succession. So. It's it certainly does look like a pretty uh, punishing uh, couple of weeks coming up, but you know they'll, they'll you'd, you'd like to think that Malky will have a a decent idea of you know where his players are going to come from and 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 who he's going to look to add at this stage, um, and you know hopefully now that things are up and running again, um, you know they'll be able to move quite quickly to to get everything in place. Okay. Well, let's move on. After this short break, we'll discuss the rest of our teams and how they're getting on in the Premier Sports Cup this season. Okay, so since we since we last recorded an episode last Tuesday, there have been, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight games, I think, in the Premier Sports Cup involving our teams on Tuesday night. Um... I think the games all maybe went as expected. Hearts beating Cove 3-0 at Tynecastle, Dundee beating Brora 4-0 um, at Dens. I think both Cove and Brora would, would discuss last week the fact that they pretty undercooked at this stage given the, the difficulties with arranging pre-season friendlies for teams at part-time level. I think the big result at, between two of our teams was Inverness beating Peterhead 2-0 um, in Inverness, which kind of set the Cali Jags up to maybe progress from the group stages for the first time if they could get a result um, against Inver- uh, against Sterling um, again at the Caledonian Stadium on Saturday. Uh, between that game, uh, th- between those games, there was a, a 6-1 thrashing for Elgin at Tanadice um, against Dundee United. But yes, Inverness, Andy, they, they let a, an opportunity pass them by, didn't they, drawing 2-2? with Sterling on Saturday and then losing the Yeah, a bit of a strange game this one. Um, I mean, Billy Dodds said yesterday that he felt the players were a wee bit startled. Um, you know, in the opening stages, I think just a, a pretty frenetic opening 20 minutes or so um, in which Sean Welsh picked up an injury. Um, I think there was a, a penalty shout for, for, for Sterling Albion as well and maybe just the, the intent that Sterling Albion is the League 2 side showed in the, the early stages perhaps uh, you know as he put it startled his players a wee bit and you know they found themselves 2-0 down 
chasing the game at an early stage, did well to to get back, uh, you know, and you know at least salvage the the point, which took it to a penalty shootout. But um, you know, to to miss out on the bonus point leaves them with a, a real tall order. Um, I suppose it's as you touched on um, earlier. I think it's probably the the frustration of not being able to to build on what was a really promising uh, first game in charge, uh, competitive game anyway, against Peter Head for for Billy Dodds. Um, won that one two 0 and uh, sounded really comfortable and, and convincing with a couple of uh, attacking players getting their names on the the score sheet in uh, Manny Duku and Aaron Doran, but. Um, you know, if, if they were able to follow that up with a, you know, another positive result against Sterling Albion, then they'd be looking at the the final two games with a, a lot of confidence. But um, they're kind of chasing things now a wee bit. They play Cove tonight um, at the Balmoral Stadium, and um, it's a game that they they have to win. Really, um, it will take them to the final day uh, if they do. And then looking at uh, Hearts at Tynecastle, they. I think the minimum they, they they really need from that would be the uh, the point and the bonus point as well by winning the the penalty shootout. But ideally, uh, two wins would be you know what they they would target to to seal their progression. I think Cove they they have obviously had not the not the the best start their Premier Sports Cup campaign. They went down on Saturday as well, three one to another of our teams. Peter Head at Balmoor, but I think the consensus is as good a result as that was for Peter Head. I think Cove, Paul Hartley, Ian Viger, I've seen both of them saying that it's not good enough and it's not what Cove aspire to be this season. Obviously, Cove are one of the favourites for the League One title. Peter Head have maybe flown a little bit under the radar, but they're they're looking good. Um, the other result was Brora losing to Forfar, I think, again. Um, it's a team from above in terms of the, the league structure uh, but I know it was one they went into hopeful they could maybe start picking up points and scoring goals in but their their Highland League campaign gets underway next week against um, away at Devon Vale so yeah we'll, we'll see how how this Premier Sports Cup campaign has benefited them they've still got all our teams I think have still got games to play obviously Cove Inverness tonight as you touched on Andy we've also got the interesting game between Elgin and Kelty which will give us a real sense of how League 2 could pan out this season Elgin obviously nearly men in that division Kelty a team that have just come up and will be hopeful of making this up progress Cove have seen since climbing the pyramid and Brora take on Ross County as we've also discussed um, tomorrow night on Saturday we round off things with Sterling against Peerhead, East Fife against Elgin County against Montrose and Hearts against Inverness on the Sunday. So, yeah, then we're on to the league fixtures. Um, anyway, I'm sure we'll, there'll be plenty of discussion of them on next week's podcast, but we'll move on for a short discussion on the Highland League getting underway this coming weekend. Okay, so. It's finally upon us, the 24th of July, the, the day the Highland League kicks off. Um, we've also, in the last few days, had um, the Aberdeenshire Cup final and who's going to be playing in that set in stone and where it's going to be played. 
that's last season's Aberdeenshire Cup. The draw for next season's has also been made. But yeah, starting with those Highland League fixtures, I don't know if you guys have a pick of the games you think are the most interesting ones. I think Brecon City against Turriff, with Brecon being a team that's obviously dropped out with the SPFL, that'll be a, an interesting one straight away and we'll, we'll be able to see how strong Brecon could be in the Highland League this coming campaign. As usual, it'll be, nice, it'll be interesting to see how all our title hopefuls, Bucky Thistle, um, hosting Lossie Mouth, Brora, as I said, at Devon Vale, Fraser Briggins for Martin, playing each other um, ahead of playing the 2020-21 Aberdeenshire Cup final. Next midweek, Inverurie Locos as well, Rothis. What, what, what's the game that you guys will be keeping an eye on this weekend? I'm going to throw in one that you haven't mentioned, actually. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to look at Forest Wick Academy. I think there's a, a lot of build-up to Forest returning to action. I think it's it's great to see um, after they took the decision um, not to participate last season and you know for them to to be able to to open with a home game against Wick uh, where they'll be allowed you know, some fans in. Uh, I just think that's that's got the makings of a you know a really nice occasion, and I've I've got reasonably high hopes for the the can cans this season as well i think they've retained the majority of players that they finished the truncated 2019 20 season with um obviously a few of uh the players in that squad opted to go out on loan for last season which was obviously truncated again but um at that point there were maybe fears that some of them might not return um but no they've they've held on to the bulk of the squad and They've added with some some good signings as well, with you know the, Paul Brindle probably being the uh, the headline one coming from Brora. Uh, I think you know he's had a frustrating time at Brora, uh, maybe in the last couple of seasons. But uh, you know, I think once he's up and you know firing again, he, he can be a a real danger man for for Charlie Rowley's side. So um, no, I, I, I'm going to be quite intrigued to see how how Forrest kind of settle back into the the league. Sean, you're a follower of Keith, aren't you? Obviously they they begin their season um, hosting Nearn County, which will be a challenging game, even more so given the news that um, there have been whispers on for a while. Uh, He's a friend of the show, but Cammy Keith, the 350 goal Highland League goal scoring legend who had also scored, I think it was like 230 odd for Keith. He has hung up his boots, which is going to be a, a huge blow for them because I, I suppose Keith are one of those teams that have got a sort of always in recent times had a small group of experienced players with a lot of young guys and to lose one of those big sort of giants that knows what it's like to win the league and win every piece of silverware, that's going to be a, a tough one to replace, Kami. Yeah. A huge blow, Cammy Keith, hanging up his boots. I mean, he's been prolific for so many seasons. A, a great player. I mean, he even did, he did the job as well during his time at for Martin. It's going to be very, very difficult to find someone that can deliver that level of goals. And he's also like a talisman for the club. Uh, hopefully this is a good season for Keith, but the omens aren't the best following the recent result with Fraserborough, but they're living hope. Obviously, it should be noted as well with Cami that he even picked up a Highland League golden boot in, I think, was it 2019-20? Um, despite the fact that um, Keith were a mid-table side, which is 
pretty impressive. Uh, guys, obviously, I t- I'll, first of all, I touched on Fraserburgh for Martin United. Obviously, over the weekend, Fraserburgh beat Keith 4-1 at Kynick Park in the 2020-21 Evening Express Aberdeenshire Cup semi-final to set up the final, which will be played next midweek, so what, a week tomorrow um, at Harlow Park in Inverurie. So not only do Fraserburgh and for Martin play each other at the Bells Lee, this Saturday in their opening league fixture, they then play each other for a, the, a well, I say the first bit of silverware of this season, but it's technically last season's, but they, they play each other in midweek as well. So that'll be an interesting double header for two teams that are probably hopeful of char- challenging your your Breakins and your Broras for the Highland League title and other honours. Um, if you had to put your money, if you had to put your house, if you had to put your car on a team that's going to take the Highland League title this season, be it Breakin, Brora, Fraserburgh for Martin, or any of the other ones I've noted as potential challengers. Who would you? Who would you um, back? Well, it's uh, always a, a tough one. Um, I'm probably going to stick with Brora, to be honest. And I, I know they they maybe haven't had the the most seamless of, of starts uh, as as regards the uh, Premier Sports Cup, and you know, obviously their their recent form, uh, you know taking into consideration the tail end of last season, you know, they they lost their, their last three games, the double header against Kelty and and the Scottish Cup tie against Stranraer. So it's not been a, a great period for, for Brora, albeit over a, a lengthy period of time since that uh, that Hearts Cup win that they had. But still, even though they've, you know, chopped and changed their squad a wee bit, I, I still think they've got the, the nucleus of a, a really, really dangerous Highland League side and on their day, I think they they take some stopping, um, so I I think they will just have enough to to carry through. But there is so much intrigue as to what Brecon are going to offer as well, because you know they've kind of reshuffled things with a you know a new direction. Andy Kirk taking over as as head coach with Craig Levine, uh, you know, in an upstairs role. So um, you know there there is a, a wee bit of Kind of uncertainty as to, to how how they will compete against some of the you know the, the challenging sides in the Highland League and you know where they'll they'll measure against them. But um, if you were pushing me on it, then I would uh, I would stick with Brora. I'm anticipating a, a really close title race. I mean, there's a, a number of clubs with legitimate aspirations for winning that title. Every season, the Highland League tends to throw up these fantastic title races. Uh, this season, I've just got a funny feeling for the Broch, so I'm going to say Fraserburgh to edge it. You've uh, jumped the gun on what I was going to say there, Sean. Yes, I would love to see, I'd love to see Fraserburgh do it, but I suppose it all, as as always, it all depends on whether all the teams, the top teams, can take points off each other, or one one sort of uh, is able to. You know, consistently get the wins against their their rivals, as is the case in every league. So, I think we'll leave it there for today. Um, obviously, a very interesting episode with Linus Patterson from the Gothenburg Post joining us, and Ross County's travails in the Highland League and the Premier Sports Cup uh, fixtures to look forward to in the coming days. Um, thanks to Andy and Sean for joining me today. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. If you've enjoyed this episode and you've got any questions or comments, you can email northerngoal at dctbedia.co.uk. You can subscribe on your favourite 
podcast app. And finally, well, let's hope Aberdeen can get the win that they can take over to Gothenburg next Thursday when they meet Haken for the first time in a couple of days. Um, see you later. Hope you loved the episode. And if you did, we'd be grateful if you could leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to pick up your copies of the Press and Journal and Evening Express every day for the best football writing and analysis in the North.